0: whatever you see and how you view is where you're going to live it's where you're going to abide it's where you're going to dwell as a man thinks in his heart the bible says so is he there's a power in you because you were created by the god almighty in his likeness and his image that when you think a thing and say a thing it comes to pass Because you are God-like in nature, whether you believe it or not. The trick of the enemy is try to get you not to see that, not to be that. But I've come to announce to the church today, Jesus, in fact, is alive. He's not dead. I don't serve a dead Jesus. But see, I believe that which he said is real. I believe it shall come to pass. I've watched him do too many things in my life to start doubting him now. He's still a powerful God and still can change your life. And I believe today is your day. There's things in your life that have died that the Lord's about to resurrect. John 21 through 18 in the NIV Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance where Jesus was. Notice I said was. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, which was John, the one who Jesus loved. They defined him. The one who Jesus loved would be John. And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. They've stolen. They've taken him away. And we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter. John outran him. And reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. What were the strips of linen? They were the grave clothes. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there. And as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, that being John, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. See, it didn't matter that he went to the cross. It didn't matter that they put him in a tomb. It didn't matter that they cruelly, inhumanely beat him. For everyone seated here today, what matters was he was in a tomb and he came out of it. So remember that. Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, verse 10. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? Why in the world are you crying and why are you even in here? It makes no sense to the angels. They've taken my Lord away. They've stolen. They've taken my Lord away and said, I don't know where they've taken him or put him. And at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. How could she? Just a few hours before, she had watched him die on a cross. She watched the disfigured body of a man that the Romans beat to where you could not recognize him. He was unrecognizable. And now she sees this man. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. Sometimes we think certain people are nothing more than yard people in our life but it could be that they're prophets she said sir if you have carried him away tell me where you have put him and i will go get him jesus said her mary she turned toward him and cried out in aramaic rabboni which means teacher Jesus said, do not hold on to me. Don't touch me for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I think it is interesting to reflect and look back at some of the things that happened at that moment. Interesting that. Though Mary, Peter, and John witnessed the same empty tomb, their responses were drastically different. What do you mean? Number one, you have to believe that he's alive. So all three, Mary, Peter, and John witnessed the same thing, but their responses were different. What do you mean? Well, Mary saw and believed his body was stolen, right? Somebody stole him. John, the beloved, saw and believed that he had risen because he had believed. Scriptures seem to indicate that Peter saw and, did, <laughs> and didn't know what to believe. Isn't it amazing that the people can look at the same thing and see something totally different? It's important that you see Jesus as he is. There was an artist, a preacher, and a cowboy. An artist, a preacher, and a cowboy. They stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon to show you how things view, people view things. The artist says, what a beautiful scene to paint. The preacher said, what a wonderful example of the handiwork of God. And the cowboy said, what a terrible place to lose a cow. They all had their perspective. They all saw it their way. I wonder as we sit here today on resurrection morning, what do we see? Is he alive or is he dead to us? Is he alive? If he is living, then we should really consider our relationship with him. Because in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, you say, I know what you're going to say, Bishop. Jesus is going to come back and burst the eastern skies. No, I'm not. Here's what I'm going to tell you. In the moment of the twinkling of an eye on I 285, you could see him. We have to consider that in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, when you don't think about it, you might face him. And I want you to remember this time, this day, when this man stood and said, you need to be prepared for that moment because he is alive. He's not sitting on the throne beside the father, an emaciated corpse. He's alive. He's a living king, living and breathing. So I ask again, what do you see? Do you see him as a living Christ or dead Christ? Is he living in your life or is he dead in your life? What do you see? For what you see, you will experience. What you believe is that is which you will receive. The question for you is this. Is, let's go through it again. Is Jesus alive? Is he if he is, then why are we still hanging out in the tomb? We've gotten, gotten into tomb worship. And I appreciate what Jesus did on the cross. But there's no power in that piece of wood. I appreciate what he did in the tomb. But there's no power in that tomb. Some people want to worship where he's been and I want to worship where he's going. That just came to me in the spirit. I don't want to worship where he's been. I want to worship where he's going. And today is our day. This is our time on a great time, a time when families come together. And today as you eat together and have fellowship with one another, you need to realize there's something far greater to life than just what we've been doing. Our our very existence is. The only thing that keeps us together is the power of Jesus Christ. People don't realize how close we are to destruction. They don't realize that because foolish individuals are trying to lead our our nations, that there could be a collapse. And I'm not here to talk about that today. What I'm here to talk about is the one that's living and the one that can change it. Because the Bible teaches me when the, when the people of God call out to him and turn from their ways, their wicked ways. He said, I'll hear you. And he said, I'll heal you. So the question is, why are we hanging out in the tomb when he's alive? Why are we embracing death instead of life? Is Jesus, is he living in our lives then why are we walking around with our grave clothes on? Why are we still walking around with those stinking dead clothes on that we've put on because of our li- our past life? Things that we brought on ourselves. God didn't bring it on us. We brought certain things on ourselves that I look, I don't I don't need it. I want to take it off. I don't want to wear it. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. The next thing he said, loose him. Take those clothes off of him. Get those grave clothes off of him. When Jesus came out of the tomb, he didn't come out hopping. He left the grave clothes in the tomb. Grave clothes are only good for the tomb. <clears throat> but a lot of us wear it every day we live. We go out in our jobs with grave clothes on. We're going to our relationships with grave clothes on. There's no joy, no peace, no happiness, and I've got to. I want to admit to you, I'm happy. I really am happy because God is in control. So if Jesus is really in our lives, why are we walking around with grave clothes on? Because He is alive. Let me announce to you today that that tomb over there in the Middle East is empty. Jesus conquered death so that we might conquer death. He conquered death so we could have everlasting life. And it's time for us to come alive today and understand the life of Jesus Christ. The tomb is empty. So what do you see? What do you see Is the story that I'm talking about today, is it just a myth or do you see the eternal glory of God at work? I can say to you and give you historical facts about Jesus being alive. The parallel with the rabbinical priest and how it worked. It was totally in harmony. I can give you all those historical facts about Jesus being alive. But if he's dead to you, then he's dead. If that's what, the way you see him, you will have no Jesus because you have dismissed him. The problem with that is all your blessings are dead. All the promises and your inheritance are dead with it also. Because inheritance comes through Jesus Christ. They're dead to you also. So other great men and women and religious leaders have died and they were buried. And I will guarantee you, I can take you to their tombs today and their bones are there but the tomb of Jesus. It was a new tomb, never been used before. He's not there. As a matter of fact, the tomb was a borrowed tomb. Well, why did he have to borrow a tomb? Because he didn't need it but for three days. That's all he needed it for. That was the resurrection power. Jesus said in John 2, 19 to 21, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. He was talking about himself. And in three days, I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, 40 and six years was the temple in building. And will you rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. So what do you see today? I see the power of God at work. God's man. He's my healer. He's my best friend. He's my companion. He's my counselor. He's my physician. He's my destiny. Jesus was a wonder to all that heard him. He spoke, the Bible said, like no other man. The Bible says he went about doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. That's what he did. That was his crime. He did good. What the world saw was a threat. To their way of life. The religious leaders saw a threat to their position. So they crucified the way, the truth, and the life.